Welcome to Mayfield Baptist Church. We are very excited to have you with us here. We do encourage you to follow us on our social media, which you can access through our website at mayfieldbaptist.com. Please feel free to like and subscribe to this podcast to keep you up to date with our latest messages. We do hope you enjoy this recent message from NBC, that it may help you connect to God, grow in your faith, and serve in your own context. So this morning I am going to talk about um, community and solitude um, and the fact that we need both. Um, So lately I've been challenged again by something I read about 20 years ago and it stuck with me all that time. It's found in this book, Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He was a German pastor, theologian and Nazi resistor. It's not an easy read but it's worthwhile if you want to explore it. Um, So the words are, Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. And I think they've stuck with me all this time because I swing between the two. Um, So let's look at both the the importance of both being in community with other Christians and solitude with God. So we're told in Hebrews 10.25 not to neglect meeting together for good reason. We weren't created to fly solo. In Genesis 2.18, we see that even before the trouble we face because of sin in our lives and separation from God, um, it was still not good for us to be alone. Um, The only thing that God mentioned as not being good in creation was the fact that Adam was alone. In Romans 12.5, we're told, so in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Being in community isn't an optional extra that we can opt in or out of. We belong to each other and we should be making ourselves available to each other. So in Hebrews 10, we see that when we gather, we're to spur each other on to love and good deeds and to encourage one another. Colossians 3.16 adds teaching and admonishing one another. As we saw last week in Jeremiah 17.9, the state of our hearts within our sinful nature is deceitful or desperately sick and beyond cure. But in James 5.16 and Matthew 18.20, we find that within true Christian community, we find we encounter the presence of God when we humble ourselves before each other and uphold each other with mutual prayer, we experience healing. So James says, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And Matthew says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's a great gift to be able to experience this type of Christian community, but it's not guaranteed for every Christian or that it's always going to be available to us. So Paul experienced times when he faced separation from the wider community of believers and writes in several places of his longing to be with those, physically present with those communities. In Romans 1, 11 to 12, he provides the reason for that longing. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. It's for mutual benefit and strengthening of all that we gather together. Paul's expectation of meeting with a community of believers is that he will bring something to encourage and help them grow, but that he will receive from them as well. When we come together, we need to come with an openness to receive encouragement and challenge and possibly correction from others, but also be ready to let God speak into others' lives through us. Uh, There's certainly a place when we're young in our faith uh, to receive more than we give, for others to play 
a large role in teaching and encouraging and spurring us on. Um, and there may be times when we're battle-scarred and weary and find ourselves in need of being carried by others within the community. But we need to be careful that we don't remain in those stages too long. True Christian community involves every member giving and receiving. So what's the place of solitude? Another quote from Bonhoeffer states, let him who cannot be alone beware of community. He will do only do harm to himself and to the community. Alone you stood before God when he called you. Alone you had to answer that call. Alone you had to struggle and pray. And alone you will die and give an account to God. We should be taking the encouragement and challenge or correction that we receive within the community to God and asking if it's of him and what we should be doing with that. And there needs to come a time when we begin to feed ourselves uh, with the word and in solitude with God, allow him to impart his wisdom directly to us and fill us with his strength to endure and stand on our own two feet. In Hebrews 5, 11 to 14, we're reminded to move on from being drip fed over and over the basics of our faith until we're able to take in the, the deeper richness of wisdom found in the word that will nourish and strengthen us. We need to move forward and become secure in who we are in Christ and the deep understanding that he's always with us and will supply our needs. He'll be our strength in situations where we feel weak, our confidence when we feel inadequate, and our shield under assault. And while we may crave the earthly security of another physical presence of a person um, that God provides to be those things for us, the reality is that even when they're being used by God, there's always a human element within others and they'll never be able to be what we need. If we remain dependent on the drip feed of wisdom and strength of others and don't practice solitude and make time to build a deep bond with God through prayer, two-way prayer of bringing our needs but also allowing him to speak to us, then we won't have been nourished and we won't have the stamina to stand firm when trials come our way and we don't have the guidance or support of other Christians around us. We'll flounder and we'll drift and I know because I've done it. Um, there's a recording of a testimony that I heard when I was a kid uh, from a missionary who came and spoke at the New Tribes base down in Sydney. I think I was probably in year three or four, um, and I've been listening to it for about 30 years, any time that I can't fall asleep, um, and, and it never gets old. And I don't know, maybe I'm just slow and it's taken me that long to learn what I need to from it, but it's my go-to. Um, so this missionary, Paul Dye, he served in Colombia and was one of four missionaries who were kidnapped by guerrilla forces back in the mid-80s. And he speaks about that time and his eventual escape. Now, he experienced complete isolation from the body of Christ during that time. He was a pilot and he was made to fly a group of guerrillas to another place. Um, and then he was held there on his own, separate from the other um, missionaries he'd been kidnapped with. But his only option in that time was to lean directly on God and his wisdom and guidance found within the word and within his own heart. Um, he speaks often of um, God speaking to him and he clarifies by saying, when I say the Lord was talking to me, I don't mean that I heard an audible voice there. There were just these thoughts he was putting into my heart and I've walked with the Lord for many years now, and I know when he is talking to me. Whenever I can listen to what he says, and it does not contradict the word of God, I know that it is God talking to me. We need to know scripture, and we need to understand the character of God well to be able to determine if it's God speaking in our thoughts. 
And how do you get to know someone well? Well, it takes time and practice to learn and to understand another person. So Matt and I have been married for six years now, and which isn't long compared to some of you out there. <laughs> um, but just, just yesterday, there were three separate times where what one of us meant by the words that we said was not what the other heard meaning in those words. Um, we're gonna get it wrong while we're learning, and that's okay. Um, as we sang before, God's a God of grace, and his grace is bigger than the mistakes that we're gonna make, and he'll lift us from those ashes. And if we step out in the wrong direction and are open to God's leading, then he'll be able to turn us where we need to be going. Um, like a car, you can't turn it around until it's started going, moving in the wrong direction. And those times when we do get it wrong, we've got the rest of the body to support us and help us get back on track. So back to Paul's story. He was lucky enough that he had a Bible with him when he was taken and they let him keep it. So he does mention at times reading the word and finding comfort and direction in that, but the majority of his process of finding comfort and understanding and surrender uh, was through an internal dialogue with God. Um, it was only possible for him to find that because the daily work of learning scripture and hearing direction had been done when the stakes were not as high. He couldn't turn to others for wisdom, comfort or instruction on what to do in those moments. So God used thoughts to guide him, but he also brought to mind particular stories from the Bible which helped guide his steps um, and what he did to eventually escape. So the first story of was of Elisha um, and his servant, where God opened the eyes of the servant to see that there were angelic armies surrounding them. So that gave Paul the confidence that the guerrillas could only touch him if God allowed it. Um, and the story of Elisha goes on that he prays for God to blind the eyes of the enemy so that he could lead them somewhere else. And um, remembering that, Paul ended up praying that God would blind the eyes of the guards that were awake, stop up their ears, and that the guards that were asleep would be put into a deep sleep like God had done with Saul when he was pursuing David. And after he prayed that, he decided he was going to wait until he heard snoring, because then he'd know that the guards were in a deep sleep, but the snoring never came. Um, and the guards kept coming and shining their lights on him, and so he started to doubt. But in that moment, God brought another story to mind, where the priests needed to set foot in the flooded Jordan before he would stop the flow so the Israelites could cross over. So in that, God was saying, as soon as you step it, take a step of faith and get up from your bunk to leave, that I'll do my part. And he did. In the dark, Paul set out from his bunk, and despite stepping on a stick which broke right near another guard's bunk, um, he found his way to the trail that would lead him back to the plane. And then through the whole process of losing the trail several times and finding his way back, finding the plane, then having to uncover it, take sticks off it, and then um, turn it around in amongst the trees where they'd hidden it and pull it back and forward through the mud on his own. Um, nobody seemed to hear anything. Nobody seemed to discover he was missing. There was one point where he heard three steps, three footsteps as he was getting into the plane. Um, but he says God must have answered his prayer because he started the plane and began to, began to take off and nothing happened. So there's a lot more to the story, but I won't go on with it. Um, so I haven't ever experienced isolation like that, like Paul had to experience. But I have experienced times, as we all do, when God's leading us to step into something or deal with a situation, and those that we turn to for support or wisdom, other Christians, aren't around. So in those times, 
we've got two choices. We can choose not to step into whatever the situation is, we can put it off or avoid it altogether and miss out on the opportunity to test for ourselves God's promise to be our strength and go with us, but we'll miss out on the benefit of being able to look back and see his faithfulness. Or we can give it to God, ask for his wisdom and guidance and strength, and then lean on his promises and move forward. Um, There was a recent situation like that for me, and I felt like God was clearly saying to me, put your big girl pants on and just do it, I'll be there. And that I needed to rely on him as the ultimate source of strength and assistance. And that situation actually went better than I thought it could. Um, I'm sure there were parts of it that I didn't do so well, but the end result was good. Um, So looking back though, I can clearly see his timing in that. I can see that um, he'd he'd used other people within the body to carry me in situations like that when I wasn't able to do it on my own, and then to walk beside me when I was unsure of my steps, but that it came a time when I had to learn to lean on him directly. It's very limiting what you can be used to do if you're only willing to step forward when you've got somebody else right beside you or someone giving you guidance every step of the way. Um, You need to trust God to provide what's needed and that he'll provide his presence to go before and beside and behind you, his wisdom into your heart and mind if you ask him to and if you know his voice. And it doesn't mean we do away with community and the benefits we find within it. On the contrary, we need to strive to fully engage with one another, asking for support and wisdom when others are available to us and lending support when needed, covering each other with prayer and wisdom and sharing the wisdom we've gained through our own struggles when others are struggling. That's all part of the great gift we're given of the body of Christ, who's the hands and feet and practical assistance to us. We just need to move beyond reliance on it instead of relying on God. The time of solitude and standing on our own with God will enable us to more freely engage with each other because we're not finding our security in the relationships within the body. As we learn more of who he is and to lean on his strength and guidance in our lives, we'll actually come back into community with something to offer others some insight we've gained through dwelling on a passage of scripture or a story of how God's unexpectedly provided for us. We can be vulnerable and share our weaknesses and failings because we know for ourselves that we can trust him and are willing to let him use even our mess to help others. We'll more easily hear differing opinions of others because we'll understand our bond isn't on our agreement um, but being part of the body and belonging to God. We'll allow God to use our mouths to speak difficult truths into the lives of others as we learn to value being obedient and speaking the truth in love, as we're told to in Ephesians 4, even when that can result in the potential loss of a relationship. We'll more clearly hear his message to us through the words of others and be open to being challenged and corrected when needed and begin to provide input into the lives of others instead of always receiving. Um, I often find when I don't like the thought of being alone, It's usually God tapping me on the shoulder to deal with something and I'm avoiding it. And when I dread the thought of stepping into places of community, it's because I'm not willing to be open and vulnerable with others. In both cases, I'm attempting to find security in the wrong places. When I can't be alone, I'm looking to others for security, validation and strength. And when I don't want to be in community, I'm looking to my own self, seeing my failings and not wanting others to see them. When we have our security in the right place, in who we are as children of God, and his promises to meet all our needs, we'll be able to be comfortable in a healthy balance of both community and solitude. So where do you see yourself in this? How do you feel about being amongst the community we've been given? 
Are you willing to hear the encouragements but also the challenges from others? Have you got something to contribute to others? And are you willing to do that if the opportunity arises? If Grant was here, um, I think he'd say that the best place for authentic community is within a small group where you can know others more deeply and consistently support and encourage each other. Do you have that space in your life, whether it's a, a small group from this church or others that you meet with for that purpose? I'm challenging myself because I'm not in one right now. Um, and how are you going spending time alone with God, asking for his wisdom and direction in the day-to-day -day situations you find yourself in? Uh, are you hiding in community and relying on the drips, drip feed you receive from others and avoiding solitude and the hard work of building connection and trust with God? Let me just finish by reading Romans 8, 31 to 39 and reminding us how secure we are through Christ. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you promise to be with us wherever we go and that you provide your spirit inside us to lead and guide. I pray that you will help us all to uh, be, run to you and become secure in who we are in you and learn to lean on you. Thank you for the community you've put us within. I uh, pray that we will be open to real deep connection with each other, um, able to share our weaknesses and challenges and encourage each other. In Jesus' name, amen.